With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the game. I'm Russ Cohen. We've got Michael Jello. Mike, how are you? Good evening, Russ. Uh, I'm well. I'm looking forward to some hot stove and some winter uh, meetings and some trades and Major League Baseball. Yeah. And do you have any prevailing thoughts about the, uh, the World Series? Was it a shock to you that I got it right? I actually, it was a shock to me because, like, I picked the Astros so early on, and I think I told you and, and the audience that there was a point where I was at a game in Philly, and I was talking to, you know, fans, and they were like, the Astros. Why, why are you picking them? And certainly they uh, they look good. They didn't disappoint. So did you have anything you wanted to say about that? Well, I, I mean, I favored the Dodgers. I I was sort of rooting for the Dodgers because the Astros beat my Yankees. Um, I mean, there's no doubt that they deserved, you know, they were well-deserving of, of the victory. They played yeah. very well. Um, I, I think that, you know, coming down to game seven and, Darvish just not showing up, and really he didn't do that well in the playoffs. No. I mean, if they could have, I, I'm a little surprised, and I know that you know with with sports science being a part of like everything now, that they didn't go with Kershaw one four seven. I mean, back in the True. day, that you know you have a guy like that who's a dominating starter, and you you want to go with him, you know, three three starts. But they don't do that anymore because these pitchers are worth, you know, with him, it's, he's worth $30 million a year, so they're not going to risk injuring him. Yeah, well, it is what it is. And so now the Dodgers will will try and chase them this year. But we, we, head, into, we head into free agency here. We're going to have the winter meetings in a couple weeks. And, you know, they had, like, the GM meetings before that, and not much came out of that. And right now the market's kind of dead. But we're starting to hear some rumbling. So Giancarlo Stanton. Like, when he got signed, I pretty much told anybody who would listen, there's no way he's living out that contract with, with Miami. And I think, I think even he knew that. And so, you know, right now we're looking at a situation where there's new ownership. Derek Jeter takes over. He's sort of the, you know, the head guy. And, and he probably didn't say the right thing when he said that, you know, he was going to make a lot of unpopular decisions, or they would, the group would. And sure enough, Stanton's going to end up being one of them. And now there's talk like on MLB Network that, hey, he doesn't even want to come back under any circumstances. And so even though he has the no trade. So right now it looks like the Cardinals are the lead team for him. What do you think about that? And what's your thoughts overall? Well, I mean, the Cardinals are an extremely, you know, financially, uh, you know, one of the richest organizations tradition-wise and yeah. monetarily in baseball, <clears throat> you know, so they could handle a contract like that. Now, the, the thing is, it's, uh, from everything I've heard, 
it's a balance of how much Miami will retain in terms of salary um, and that counterbalance with what they get back in the trade. And in, in the instance of them like retaining nothing, they're probably going to get next to nothing in terms of a return, you know, just to, you know, take yeah. the contract and enjoy. But, um, well, they'll still, he had 59 homers. They're getting some, some prime yeah. players. I still think. And, and they, you know, they're, they're missing that middle of the order bat ever since Pujols, you know, went to, uh, went to Los Angeles. Um, they've been missing that middle of the order guy and he would fit right in. They've had some outfield problems over the last few years, but I, I from everything I heard, and I believe he's a West Coast guy, that you know, the, the, one of the teams that was in the running for him was San Francisco. Yeah. And even though San Francisco, you know, after the you know three World Series in six years, I mean, they really took a turn for the worst last year and were one of the worst teams in baseball. But it's San Francisco. So, I mean, I if I, if I was a player, I mean, that's a great ballpark and a great city. And mm-hmm. you got $29 bucks, I wouldn't mind going there. And Baumgartner will be healthy. I mean, he won't be doing any more dirt bike riding. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't know whether it, you know you can stick a fork in the in the Red Sox rumors, but you know the, the 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 noise that's out there right now regarding you know a guy like a Ben Attendee or a Devers or a Jackie Bradley Jr. being part of a deal. I mean, to me, I don't know if about Dombrowski, but. To me, those are non-starters. I mean, you're taking on that big, that big coin. Yeah. I'm not giving up one of my best prospects, especially not a kid who, in any other year, would have probably would have won Rookie of the Year and been attendee. So, you know, it, it, we know that the Red Sox need that middle of the order bat too, but I don't know if they're willing to pay 29 million dollars a year for it. I don't think they will. I think the Dodgers are so loaded with with kids; they definitely can give a good offer. Apparently, Stanton just touch base with the Cardinals. I don't know exactly what they have to offer, but I would think the Dodgers can probably offer them more. Uh, we'll see. It'll, it'll be interesting. The Right now, the Dodgers and and Cardinals are on the list. Nobody really knows who else is on this this list. So that's, um, that's another issue in and of itself. Now, as far as the Red Sox, Jose Abreu could be the guy for them, right? Because all of a sudden, the White Sox don't want to pay him anymore. Yeah, and I'm thinking and, about trading him. Yeah, and it's it's bizarre because he's under control. I think for another couple years, his salary is under twenty million. He's just been a consistent performer for the White Sox. I mean, he's yeah. a little older. Cause remember, he came over from Cuba in his mid twenties, so I think he's thirty or thirty one. But he's a three hundred hitter who can hit. And, and, and in Fenway, I think he could hit thirty to thirty five home runs. And, you know, with guys like Pedroia and Benatendi and Betts hitting in front of them, I mean, they, they need that guy as a 4-5, you know, to take some of the pressure off of Hanley Ramirez, who I don't think is suited to be a cleanup hitter. So it would make sense. But in that instance, it's probably going to cost them one of their top prospects. I don't think they want to trade Devers. I don't think right. they are going to trade Benatendi. But they got Moncada in the, in the deal for sale. So the GM of the White Sox is going to expect – a top echelon prospect for for Abreu. Yeah, there's no question. It's really a brew. Just so you know, I mean, you're saying it wrong, or I think I'm saying it wrong. I mean, I remember he said it was a brew. Now, now who knows? It's like it's like the hockey players. You never know if you're it's you're pronouncing it right. It's spelled the same way as Bobby Abreu. So I, I know. If I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'll I'll, I'll apologize. But it's a brew. <laughs> 
but this this could be a big pickup for the for the Red Sox. I don't get the White Sox, not even a little bit. I'm not even sure Jerry Reinsdorf gets them anymore. Like it's just, and actually he's not even around anymore, right? So I'm not sure, but I mean, I think it's the kids. I think it's the kids who own that team now. They're a t- they're a team that is, I guess, planning to win in 2022. I mean, they're doing they're doing what the Astros did a few years ago. I mean, they just yeah. They just were the worst team in the league, you know, 65 wins or something like that, and they built around Altuve and, Spring, and you know, guys guys like, uh, you know, uh, Springer and Grossman and, you know, uh, and Correa. I mean, they're, you know, they've got good young players, and, you know, that's that's how they – and, and obviously Keuchel, and then they make the deal for Verlander. But, you know, that's those are the final finishing pieces. They have to have that core group, and I guess – the White Sox are saying, okay, we'll trade off Fraser, we'll trade off David Robertson, we'll get mm-hmm. prospects, and we'll build, and three or four years down the road, then we'll win. Yeah, actually, Reinsdorf is still in, in power there um, and still still active. And actually, this is a quote that he, he, he talked about the difficulty of undergoing a complete rebuild at his age because he's 81. It's like, like, I get it, dude, but, you know. Enjoy. Yeah, what, what are you going to do? All right. Um, I forgot also to mention with Miami, you know, the names of D. Gordon and Christian Yelich are coming up. Now, Gordon is somebody the Mets would be interested in, and now that the Ian Kinsler trade rumor has died down, and, and I'd say Met fans are taking a sigh of a, a deep breath out of that one and because Kinsler is not the player he used to be. I mean, he gets hurt. He got about 55 RBIs last year instead of his usual 80. I don't know what he can bring, but but D Gordon would bring like everything the Mets would need. Uh, you know, they could put him lead off. They get he's got speed. Like that would be a really good pickup for them. It would be a fit, and I know I've, yeah. I've heard I've, I've heard D Gordon's name in connection with the Blue Jays because they're a team completely bereft of any kind of speed, and they have Devin Travis at second base who you know, can't stay healthy if his life depended on it. So, I mean, that, that would be, you know, um, I mean, Gordon can, I think Gordon can play outfield and second base, so he's, he's got a little flexibility there. But I think that, you know, as a middle infielder, that's what, that's what the Blue Jays are looking for. Yeah, so either, either one of those teams look like good landing spots. Now, Christian Yelich, I think a lot of teams would be interested in him because, again, like the Mets need an outfield. There's so many teams that the Phillies need an outfielder. There's so many teams that need outfield help. Yeah, and I know the the name that's been out there a lot. Well, the name that's been most prominent because he had a ridiculous power year was JD Martinez. But the, do do many teams are many teams going to be willing to pay JD Martinez over twenty million a year? Because that's what I think it's going to cost. And I, I I don't know. He's had he had one one good you know three quarters of a season. You know, he's right. a good player, but he I don't yeah. think he's a I don't think he's a twenty million dollar player and I think no. a lot of teams will shy away from that guy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. All right. So we buried the lead. So let's talk about Shohi Otani. Is that even close in pronunciation? Yeah. Okay. That's good enough. Good enough. And so I've heard a lot of interesting things, and even you and I have gone back and forth about it. And, of course, most recently now, we, you know, I see on Twitter the Mets are in on it. And then if you do a search for them, you see an article like 
are the Red Sox after him? And then you see the Cubs trying to stretch their dollars to, you know, it's like so everybody's after him, right? But it's an interesting situation because he wants to be a modern-day Babe Ruth and and he wants to pitch and then also make sure he gets X amount of at-bats. And a lot of the experts think he'll probably get about 250 at-bats. So it's just a matter of where he does it, how he does it. Uh, we know the Yankees and the Rangers have the most money to spend posting fee-wise, but I'm pretty. I'm guessing he's made pretty good coin over the last few years, so he might be willing to eat a lesser contract for his first go-round, and then if he does well, he's going to get paid anyhow. Well, I mean, I look at because he's you know his position when not pitching is outfield. I've heard he's a quote below average outfielder. Um, now that you know teams won't probably won't care, but. Right. The thing is, is that if you look at a couple of the teams that have been mentioned, like the Cubs, like the Dodgers, they don't have any spaces in in, in the outfield. Right. So I, I, where you know the the Yankees are probably going to eat half of Jacoby Ellsbury's salary just to trade him someplace. Yeah. That's more than like, either that or they're going to trade Brett Gardner. So I know that there's room there, and you said that there's room with with the Mets, but I think the Mets need a full time outfielder and not somebody who's going to play you know, a platoon role and play 250 at-bats. All right, so it looks like, just so you know, last season he made 270 yen. Do you know how much that is in American dollars? I don't. I have to look it up now. No, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, sure it's, I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's just a little bit more than I, I make right now. I mean, it's possible. Um, but the idea is, you know, the Mets do need an outfielder. If they decided they could put him out... It actually would be good for the Mets in the sense for the outfield part because then someone like Ligaris can doesn't have to play every day and Nemo same thing and they could just literally rotate like four outfielders and that wouldn't be terrible. No, it wouldn't. But I, and I, I know that it's I'm not a hundred percent sure. I mean, this would be the perfect move for the Mets because it's a splash without spending money. Right. Um, but and that and that's the thing. I, that, it, it's too perfect. And I, whenever it's something is yeah. too perfect, I don't trust it. All right. I mean, so this, for every yeah. U.S. dollar, it's a hundred and twelve yen. So, so he's still it's a hundred eleven ninety nine. So let's see. This is not going to go well. Me doing the math on it. Yeah, it's 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 a good chunk, but I'm sure. I'm sure he's going to be taking a little bit of a pay cut. To uh, he's not going to get any, any any of the twenty million dollar posting fee that uh, that uh, the, um, the his Japanese club is going to get. Unfortunately for him. Yeah, but he made a lot of money. That's the point. And so I think first go round because what what what's the minimum? Do we know what the minimum year is that years that you could sign him for? Like is it? I be- I believe the minimum contract is three three years. Okay. So if he sucks it up for three years, he certainly could could make a a crap load after that. I mean, he's twenty three, uh, and that's why that's why like these teams like the Dodgers who have you know there's this international um, salary yes that limitation that each team has. And I know there were trades. Well, it's not a limitation if you trade for some of it. Like the Yankees traded for a bunch, and the Mets traded for a little. Right. Right and they, right, the Yankee, the Yankees and the, the Rangers have like three point five three, and the Yankees have three point five, and a team like 
uh, the Dodgers has 300000 I mean, maybe yeah. it doesn't matter, but I have a feeling the $3.2 million difference is going to matter to them. So, I mean, definitely I mean, could. I mean, there's, there's no question. I guess my biggest question is, though, because, again, this is really debatable. Do we really think this guy is going to be able to walk into Major League Baseball and essentially play almost every day but pitch and hit? Like, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, I get he's doing it overseas, but Japanese baseball is completely different. I mean, let's face it. I mean, the pitcher's mounds are different. The the length, the fields are smaller. Andy's been pitching once, once every six days for the length of his career. Now, that's, see, that's why I see, think... that's the thing. So that's another thing that's going to be an adjustment. Right, and there's some teams that are saying, oh, we'll go to a six-man rotation for him. <laughs> Which, no, you know, won't. I mean... They're basically they're basically telling him anything anything that he wants to hear just to come just to come. But I, I see. I think that's why the argument is more palatable for an American League team because from what you said, he's got a pitch, he's got a hit. But in the in the National League, he's also got to play the field. And if he's yeah. play, if he's playing a, two or three games a week, that's nine innings out there in the field. You know, remember Ming Wong. Yeah. You know, ruined his pitching career, rounding third base. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that when you're when you're talking about a a you know a, a prodigy, somebody who you know, I, I don't know whether teams look at him as being more of a pitching ace or the next Babe Ruth in terms of being a home run hitter. I think he's more of a pitcher uh, that the teams are looking at him as more of a pitcher than they are as a hitter. They don't want that guy out in the field. They want that guy. You know, if he's a good enough hitter, fine. Then. DH him, but you don't want that guy out there for 18 or 27 innings every week. No, I agree. But but like, is he is he Tanaka or is he Hideki Arabu? Well, I mean, he could be somewhere in the middle. He could be Hideo Nomo. He could be Yu Darvish. I mean, they're you know he's a big body pitcher, sort of in the in the vein of Darvish. And you know, Darvish for a few years had dominating stuff and then got injured now he's but it's a big middle like i'm not trying to make light of a robin but we but when he came over like we kept hearing oh what a great athlete and this and that and at the end of the day you know he was like a fat guy with magnets he wasn't that good for every hideo nomo you had a k agawa (laughs) right right so you know you have to take the scouts word for it on this but this isn't a guarantee and I'm sure a few more teams will get into it. He's certainly an interesting guy, and I'm sure, like, the baseball card market will blow up, and I'm sure there'll be tons, like, you know, again, the Japanese media will be all over this, right? This is like a boon for them. So that'll be great, and they'll probably show games wherever, and if it's the Yankees or the Mets, they'll cut a deal with whatever TV, you know, area will get to watch him. Right. All those things will happen, but... Is he like a guaranteed free agent? Not really. No, I can't. I can't say that yet. No, I mean, remember, Hideki Matsui was represented as being Godzilla, this monstrous home yes. run hitter, and, and he, he was, was a really a, good clutch hitter. And he was a very, very good major leaguer. But I think his top end home runs was around in the high twenties and maybe or maybe thirty. He didn't hit. Yeah, 20. I kind of remember like twenty seven, twenty eight being like around what he would get. Right, and we're talking about a left-handed hitter in Yankee Stadium, but he was a more of a line drive hitter than anything. He was a really good outfielder, and you know, defensively, uh, and and a, and a good offensive player, and a, and a clutch player. But he didn't live up to the 
you know, Godzilla moniker, just like in hockey, uh, Jonas the monster, the, the monster Gustafson didn't li- <laughs> live up to that moniker. Yeah, that's a tough moniker. Like people should never say a guy's a monster, especially coming into like the major leagues here for whatever whatever league it is, whether you know it's hockey or or baseball. It's too much to live up to. Okay, before we get to the pitching aspect of the show, because there's a lot of pitchers out there that are being talked about, I wanted to mention the people that um, I'm working with out of the park enterprises. They're really good. They they have baseball simulations, and it's a fun game. It's number eight, you know, out of the park 18, so they've been at it for a while. And I haven't been able to review it every year, but, but I did this year, and, and I really enjoyed the game and sort of really enjoyed the the old-time factor of it. So I said, you know, considering I have this book, Pioneers of Baseball, that's coming out, it's available for pre-order, that really covers, like, from, like, the late 1800s through early 1900s of the league, and really it, it ends early in the 1900s. It's like starts from the 1869, I believe. So when you cover that span of a time, obviously even a simulation game is not going to have all the players. But I looked at things and I said, you know, what would be fun here? And I saw in 1901 there wasn't a World Series. So I said, okay, let me see if at least some of the players from my book are in, in this game. And sure enough, they are. And it's not a ton, right? You know, you have Nat Blagiwi, who who was in this first game that I played. And, and so I said, all right, you know what? I'm going to pick some teams, and they're not all the first-place teams, but at least teams with some of the players that I have in the book, and I'm going to let them have like a round-robin tournament. And so there were some interesting things I thought about it. Like, for one thing, there was no 1901 World Series because the players had contract troubles. So the leagues couldn't couldn't come to an agreement, so they just didn't bother, right? And, and so they just named, like, I think it was Chicago was named – the white stockings were named the winner because it was just like, hey, you know, that's the way it is. So now what I did was we got these teams together, and it's six teams. You got the Reds, you got the Cleveland Blues, the Athletics and the Giants, and the white stockings and the Cardinals. And so they're all matching up. And I'm sure you're real familiar with all those teams, right? A few of them. Okay, which is good. I mean, you know. It's it's stuff that you really have to sort of get used to. And and so I did sim the first of the games tonight and and it was fun because you know, you get a box score, you could look at the box score. I took a picture and put it online at Sportsology and, and the Athletics lost nine seven. Christy Matheson pitched the game, did not get the win. But um you know, and, and Christie's manager Buck Showalter left him out there for hundred and forty nine pitches. I kid about the Showalter part, but he did have 149 pitches. Yeah, that's that's the that, that's the thing that's the thing I find hard to believe is that Christy Mathewson gave up either seven runs or nine runs because I think that you could count on one hand the number of times he did that in his major league career. Well, here's the thing, though: there were four errors. Ah, okay. There were a lot of errors in those days, so who knows? I didn't get into how many you know were earned runs, right? You can go and look on the uh, box score if you want to know. But I'm sure quite a few were on, you know, unearned runs because back in those days they did make a lot of errors. So yeah, because their gloves were so small. But the thing yeah. is, 
I don't know if Bonehead Merkel was on that. He and he didn't play for the Giants until like 1912. Yeah. So no, he he isn't on there. But Lajoie had a had a real good game, and and Matheson actually had two hits and drove in a couple. So that was um, interesting. And so yeah, so I'm going to do this for a while, and out of the park's going to sort of keep up with it, and and then we're going to give away at least one or two subscript, you know, one or two games at the end or somewhere. Hmm. Somewhere during it, so people could follow it, and I just wanted wanted to mention it. There is no New York Yankees. Sorry, Mike. And I kept the Brooklyn team out of it because I just didn't have a player from the book in it, and so it would have been would have been a tough one. Like there was one guy who did actually play for the Super Bras, as it was, or I don't know how you pronounce it. Superb, I think it was. Superbus, yeah. And so right because it was superb, I guess. Mm, yes. So. You know, end of the day, it should should be fun. All right. So we look at Major League Baseball real quick, little hot stove for pitching. So let's look at some of the pitchers. All right, so you Darvish. Is he really, at this point, does he have maximum value? I can't see it coming off the playoffs that he had, but you're talking about a league that's starved for pitching, that's starved for pitching that can eat innings, and he's He's not a top-of-the-line starter, but he's, you know, I think a, a good second or third starter for a contending team. And the funny thing is that, you know, there's apparently, I read an article that says there are six teams that are pursuing him, and one of the teams that's pursuing him is the Minnesota Twins, who wow. you, don't, you don't associate with, you know, spending a ton spending of money. money. But, right, but they, you know, they got to the playoffs last year, and they may think they're a pitcher or two away from being a, legitimate contender and they have some you know good young players with Sano and Buxton and Maurer still can hit so you know they and they had a great year last year so now Justin Verlander now that's let's see now wait did he agree oh no wait he did get an extension okay from the Tigers so it's so actually no he's not on the market sorry yeah no he's got another I think he's got two more years two more years and that was and that was the big stumbling block with Houston because Apparently that was the reason why they didn't give up much in the deal is because they're on the they're on the tab for most of that twenty five million a year. But I don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. Right they got a they got a World Series out of it. No, that's my bad. Now they're saying um Matt Harvey could be dealt. Uh, I don't think so. Because and I don't think Verlander would be will be dealt. I mean I guess he ended up on the list for that and I said free agent, but um yeah. I don't think Matt Harvey would be dealt because Mickey Calloway came out today and said he wants Matt Harvey to be Matt Harvey, not this Dark Knight BS. He didn't say BS, but I'm saying it because it was. And I like that. I at least like the fact that he's going to try and bring him back to what he was because he was a guy at the end of last year, his last few starts, he just didn't have a clue. Yeah, but he, doesn't this, He was just doesn't, throwing. Doesn't this smack of we know that he's going to be a free agent at the end of next year. We've got to prop up his value Get you know get him sure. back to yeah and that that's all I think this is this is you know let's let's get him back to as close to what he was a few years ago and then in July we swap him for as much as we can get yeah no I could see that um, Garrett Cole is the name uh, people are talking about I mean the Pirates really don't ever pay anybody right well I mean the Pirates are you know the, they're a weird organization because the two names that have been out there have been Cole and Andrew McCutcheon. It's like 
those are their two best players. I mean, are uh, they really going to go? Are they really going to go back to being like the seventy-five win Pirates and give up on you know trying to contend in in the Central Division? I mean, they'll go back guess, to having concerts. You know, they'll have sticks. They'll have you know whatever, and they'll include that all-you-can-eat buffet. And yeah, that's the Beach Boys with John Stamos on drums. There you go. Yeah, that's that's what they were doing for a while. Uh, but look, you, you, you know, they're one of those teams. It's uh, every couple of years they just bow out of it, and and I guess they're going to bow out of it. it. It's crazy, but it does seem like that. Well, I mean, we know Kansas City is on that downward trend because you know Mustakas and Hosmer and yeah. all these guys. You know, the, the guys who are the key to them winning a World Series, they're all going to be gone. So now let's would, talk about Hosmer for a minute because I was watching MLB Network and you know again there was one of these geniuses on that that was talking about the um, about hitting home runs and how it would be nice if if Hosmer can do that and he could do that and and now I'm forgetting the term but it was um, change oh, his launch angle or whatever launch angle yes if he could change his launch angle by like and and, and I think he even put in the degrees like you know he could hit more homers and and possibly be better because right now he's the highest ground ball hitter in major league baseball i believe i heard and it's like listen this guy is not going to change he's going to get like a hundred million dollars there's no way he's going to all of a sudden start messing around with an uppercut and possibly ruin his swing. I know it worked for Daniel Murphy and Justin Turner. It doesn't work for everybody. And yeah, this guy's, you know, and it worked for JD Martinez this year too because yes. he was a twenty, he was a twenty to twenty-five home run hitter, and then this year he's just he went banana hammock. He just went nuts. Yeah, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But but for Hosmer, the other thing that was kind of crazy, and I give Joel Sherman of the Post some credit because they had a list of like defensive players, and again they were going straight analytics. And Hosmer wasn't the best defensive first baseman. Actually, Justin Smoke came out ahead of him, and that's when he lost it. Oh, brother. And I agree. And he goes, look, I'm sure I've got lying eyes because that seemed to be the phrase of the show. Like, you know, your eyes are lying. That's why we do these advanced stats and analytics. But at the end of the day, you have to have some sort of common sense and know how good Hosmer is at that position it's, you know, it really doesn't matter some of the other things that you're going to go ahead and find beyond chances and assists and double plays that's really going to matter. So Hosmer's going to go somewhere. He's going to get a lot of money. I don't know where, though, because, you know, he is going to command quite a bit. And, look, would the Mets give up on Dominic Smith and go with Hosmer? Probably not because Smith is cheaper and he'll hit well, more homers. There was a report. There was a report that the that the Mets were, and this is you know this is the typical you know cheap way of going, <laughs> is that they're that they're interested in signing uh, former Blue Jay and former Milwaukee Brewer first baseman Adam Wind, who oh. hit over 300 last year, but he's 34 years old, and you know he I, he's essentially a, pl- a platoon player. He's a he's a great left-handed bat, and he does yes he does hit some homers. But it, yeah. but at City Field, how many is he going to hit? That's the problem. Right, he'll probably be a ten to fifteen home run hitter, and and he's not going to hit. You know, he could hit three hundred again. He's a good 
he's a good for average hitter, but that's not the answer. I mean, if no. they don't think that Smith is ready, then you know, I mean, but this this is again, this is the cheap the cheap way to go to go, and that's usually where the Mets go. Yeah, something else that drove me crazy too is, and and yes, the the, the cheap part drives you crazy. Um, somebody had come out with a home run chart. Don't even know which player it was. Maybe it was Martinez or somebody on how many homers he could hit and whatever stadium it was. And it just I, I got this flashback of when the Mets did that with Jason Bay. And I called my best friend, and I'm like, this is crazy. This is not even close to the truth. Jason Bay is not going to hit all these homers. And he didn't. And actually, probably in his whole Mets career, he didn't hit like 50 homers. I thought you were going to go back to George Foster when they got him. No. No, no, we're not going back that far. But Jason Bay, they had this whole chart. The Jets' assistant GM and John Rico, I think his name is, had this whole chart. It was a big failure. Like, it was just – and I could tell at the beginning it was going to be a failure. But, again, you should never have these charts and go into your GM and say, this is how many home runs he could hit in this stadium because there's too many variables, especially when one of them is who's pitching. You know, who's pitching that year? How many times are you facing an ace? How many times are you facing the best bullpen guys? How's the wind? How You know, I mean, there's too much, too much. But moving on to J.D. Martinez, he's hit 45 homers, drove in 104. Big numbers, but again, is he going to be this guy where, because he's hit nowhere near that before. Maybe, you know, he had one year, he did go 38-102. I can't give him a big contract. Like, I, I would not give him twenty-five a year, twenty-five million. No way. He's thirty. I, I have old. a I, I have a weird feeling that he's going to get sort of a cesspitous type of contract where he gets yes. four or five years, but a but a you know some sort of walk after two or some sort of option after two. Yeah. Um. But but I, I get the impression that Martinez is going to be the fallback for whoever doesn't get Stanton. Right. I could see that too. And baseball does work that way. Before we get out of here, I'll just run into some of the funny um, free agent tracking deals that that have popped up. We saw that Jake Arrieta did get signed, right? So he's not on the market. Um, Ruben Tejada, I saw his name. He actually got signed to a minor league deal by Baltimore. That poor guy. I mean, Chase Utley broke his leg, literally ruined his career. He was never going to be a great player, but he was a pretty good fielder and, and at least a major leaguer, and now he's just, you know, kicking around. So that's that kind of stinks. Um, these are all, like, little little deals that are on this one little sign site. Um, Haishashi Iwakuma. Oh, Iwakuma resigned with Seattle, yeah. Yes. And he's a good, he's a good pitcher. He's a good he player. is, but this is a minor league contract and a, and a spring training invite only. Right. I mean, that's where it's gone for him. Now, what's the age on him? Um, he's over 30. I think he's like 32 or 33 at least. He's 36. He over... Yeah, he's okay. 36. He came, I know he came over from Japan. I knew he was in his 30s. I thought it was a little younger. Yeah. So that's a tough one. Like, that's, you know, but, but again, if you're just giving him an invite, that's fine. I will tell you right now, if the Mets sign Carlos Santana as their first baseman, I will scream. Uh, <laughs> I will, I, I don't know, uh, maybe I'll get a guitar and break it over somebody's head because <laughs> he's barely a first baseman. He was a catcher by trade. They made him a first baseman because 
Cleveland because they had two catchers and they wanted to keep his bat in the lineup. Like, this would just be so far removed to put him at first base at, in City Field, and I could just see him putting on weight. Don't want him. Don't want any part of him. I think the inter- I think the interesting thing that, that can happen at the winter meetings are these pitchers who are or have short-term left on their deals. I know that you've heard Alex Cobb from Tampa, his name being out there. And I know that like if if Arietta had gone from the Cubs, that Cobb was one of the team. One of the, that the Cubs might have been interested in him because of the Madden connection from Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, Marcus Stroman in Toronto. The, you know Toronto right now they're they're so vacant of outfielders right now. They're, they're talk about Lorenzo Cain, talk about J.D. Martinez, but they're yeah. one year away from either having to re-up Donaldson or let him go to free agency. And if they decide, which a lot of people think Mark Shapiro is going to go through the rebuild there, mm-hmm. they may trade Donaldson and they might trade Stroman while he's got value and while he's not, not injured. Well, Shapiro does what's cheap. We we know that. He, he's a bean counter. Um you know, Jonathan Lucroy is a free agent. The Mets should have probably picked him up a couple of years ago. They never did. He's bounced around. He'd still be better than what they have, but they won't get him. I don't know who he's going to go to, but I have a feeling he is just going to have to accept a one-year deal. Um, here's the guy who the Mets are targeting, Lance Lynn, which is okay. I, I think he, he you know, won 11 last year. Innings he's at least eater. innings eater or just an eater. How much do you think he weighs? I, I don't know. Probably, I'd say easily of two fifty. He's he's listed six five two eighty now. It's uh, a lot of a lot of weight behind that fastball. There's a lot of weight behind the fastball. He's thirty, but again, he's not Cologne esque, but he's younger. So, you know, he 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 did throw one eighty six last year for innings, and and so he could be a decent guy to pick up. That's another guy to to look for who. Who on your Yankees are you hoping for or do you hear about besides anybody we've talked about? Well, it, it sounds like right now they're not – like they they may – like I said, they may deal one of Ellsbury or Gardner, but they're mm-hmm. not – it doesn't sound like, you know, they're going to they're gonna go with Bird at first base. Um, they're probably – you know, they're going to go with – you know, if I say they trade Castro, they're going to go with Castro and Gregorius. You've got Glaber Torres coming back who was – their you know their top prospect in the organization, mm-hmm. and you know they've got they've got the you know, judge and, and and Sanchez. It sounds to me like the most that they're going to do is maybe go out and sign themselves a replacement for Matt Holiday as a veteran DH, and then you know if depending on Otani whether he comes in that that's the, that's another bat, but it doesn't sound like they're going to go out. They're safe. They're they're keeping their powder dry. They're going to get under the cap. Under the salary uh, salary restriction, and mm-hmm. then they're going to go out like crazy next next fall, and you know hopefully Bryce Harper or Machado are there. Will they have a manager by training camp? No, I think they'll have a manager in the next few weeks. I honestly the thing the thing that scares me though is that the way the talk is, was today, I I would be, I would bet I would I would bet significant money that Carlos Beltran is going to be the new manager. It's I'm hoping. I yeah, am hoping it's Carlos Beltran. I think he could be the next Stump Merrill. I really do. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, uh, he has no experience. I get that he's been a player, and I get that he uh, is worldly and has collected a lot of money. So he doesn't need the money. And Carlos he's Beltran. That, and he's loved in that locker room because he was there last yes. year. 
Yes, so they they love him and and but this is a different world. Like I get I get that he probably knows how to speak to players, but I also kind of wonder does he really get the strategy of a game when now all of a sudden he's got to tell these players, "Yeah, you're coming out. Yeah, you can't play. Yeah, I'm sitting you." Like how how's that all going to work out? I know he had been like a peacemaker before when some things went bad, but I don't know. First-year manager for the Yankees, I don't know. Yeah, First I time, mean, I should say. Needless to say, I think that, one, it's it's somebody that Brian Cashman can manipulate and, and yes. fold. But I also think it's somebody, you know, you're going to have probably a very experienced bench coach you know, I wouldn't be surprised if guys like Tony Pena remain, you know, former managers to give. They could get like Jack McKeon so they could just like wake him up right, when yeah. they need to do something. Yeah, and put him in a World War II helmet like Don Zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll be a strange thing if Carlos Beltran is your opening day manager. You have to admit, if, if that happens, even though you're you're pretty bullish on the team, and I, and I get it, you know that a bad manager, even in this era where they may be – don't mean as much as they used to, could really screw up a team. Yeah, I agree. And it, it, sound, it sounds like that the whole motivation for moving moving away from Girardi was they didn't want to pay him $5 million bucks anymore. And he was making four. He, he got them got them to game seven of the ALCS. And they didn't want to give him a raise in another long-term contract because he'd been there for 10 years. And they said, okay, well, we can get a push-button manager and pay him a million bucks. Like, okay. And that's the direction that you know they're going to an analytics-based management structure, like yeah. some other teams are, and they want they want a manager who they can, like I said, who can work with the general manager, which means somebody they can manipulate. Yeah. All right, we're going to leave it there. Everybody can check out um, this baseball 1901 baseball uh, tournament that I'm doing up up on uh, Twitter at Sportsology or at Sportsology.com. And they can follow Michael Jello at Mike in Buffalo and just make fun of him when Carlos Beltran does get signed. It'll probably be tomorrow morning based on the fact that they had a call tonight just to tell everybody that he was interviewed, which I thought was odd too, right, that all of a sudden they put him on a conference call, like not Yankee-wide, but but just like to talk to the so media. They put them all on conference calls. They, every single Aaron Boone. Oh, they did? All, okay. Yeah, so there's no, there's no like signal there. All right, no bad signal on that one, but we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. That's it. That maybe we'll come back for one more show at some point during the winter when stuff starts to happen. But that's it for now. We'll see everybody next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.